Okay. Yeah, okay, maybe we should stop playing. How do we leave chess? Oh, leave activity. It's, it's something very funny about like being a little late to the recording session. Not like horrifically late, like I'm five minutes or so. And you guys are playing chess. <laughs> it's like the perfect, like, fuck you, Hannah, why are you late? Yeah. Okay, I'm back. This is a chess podcast now. <laughs> I love chess. Did I ever tell you I was I did chess in school? Like I I went to a chess night every uh Tuesday. Hannah, um, you're such a fucking nerd. Oh my do god. Know, do you wanna know why I went to the chess night? Yeah. Was there a boy there? There was multiple boys there because I went to Catholic <laughs> girls' school and it was like the local Catholic boys' school that we were like paired up with. But then I got oh, too into chess and I'd stop flirting to go play chess with people. <laughs> The oh last God. time I played chess, he... I got beaten by a ten-year-old. Uh, the last time I played chess, I beat my brother, so I, uh, I've quit chess now. Um, not hundred percent success rate. High, high note. Yeah. Um, okay. Gosh, I opened the uh, my phone to get a copy of the statement open, and now I I just search chess instead of looking at the pins <laughs> on the chat. Uh... Incredible. Um, I'm, yeah. I meant to be smart and be like, I'm gonna pack all of my stuff before we start recording, so that as soon as we're done, I can just leave. And then I didn't. Do you know who hasn't been smart? Me, recently. I've done... This is Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's Sunday... To show you how the sausage gets made, listeners, it is Sunday the 10th of October. Since the start of October, I have had... Three nights where I've gone to bed past three o'clock in the morning. Or I've been up past Why, three Anna? Pray tell. So the two Fridays of this month, I've gone over to my friend's house um, for D&D. So I've been doing like in-person D&D, which is like really fun. Mm-hmm. Which, but the problem is we're all working now, so we can't start until like six or seven. And it's, like, mm. a nice thing where, like, we'll bring over drinks and, like, one of the people who lives there will, like, make us a nice meal. So we'll have, like, dinner together and, like, talk. And then we'll get playing. And we're doing, like, a horror kind of mini campaign. So obviously, like, there's... We take a, a few breaks during the session just to kind of make sure everyone's uncomfortable, like, comfortable and stuff. Um, and then we get more drinks and stuff. But it keeps going until 5 a.m. Because <laughs> <laughs> we keep getting into, like, four-hour-long combats. Um... Critical role who? <laughs> and then the other time it was my my, my darling uh, cousin's um, 21st, so I went out to dinner with my family, which was lovely. But everyone got much drunker than I did, so I had the lovely task of trying to bring everybody home, um, which is not fun. <laughs> but yeah, it was grand. I'm doing okay, but hence why I have coffee. Um... Plus, I then I have tea, my. Get some ASMR now. Just. Um, plus, I have my note. Uh, for another, for the listeners at home, Elka and I are now currently both living through our own separate but related Magnus statement. Um. No, sorry, five or no, yeah, yeah, no, I no, may Elka's or may not it. be causing. Yes, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Um. How bad are your wasp spouse? Ours are uh, pretty dead by now. Really? They solved it uh, yesterday. Okay, that's cool. Uh, mine yeah. are mine are going to be solved. I uh, 
looked at I was lying on the floor being dramatic and I think it was Wednesday. Um, being the protagonist. Yeah. I just didn't want to go back to work, so I was lying on my floor and I looked out my window and I saw a load of wasps, so I went to investigate. And there's like a little um drainage pipe or whatever the fuck you'd call it just above my bedroom window and the wasps have decided to move in because free rent and Dublin is expensive but I do not Ooh. appreciate because I can hear them when I'm sleeping at night tapping on the walls oh, um, <laughs> so we had we have on you've got the ground floor and then the first floor and our first floor is kind of like a bit of an open space and then it's a wall and then my room and my brother's room next to it mm-hmm. uh, but my mom works from home now and she works in the open space and then I think it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, suddenly at noon there were like 30 wasps. Like it started uh-huh. out with like 10 or something and mom put a couple outside and then there were 10 again and she put more outside. So I think like over the course of the day there must have been like 50 wasps but they just stayed in the open space. They didn't go like we don't really have doors in our house it's all just one we have walls and shit, just don't, no doors between sections. Um, so the wasp just stayed in this particular open space. And then they went away in the evening, and then the next day they were back, and it kept going. And then we figured out on Friday, I think, where, that they were coming into our house through like a bit of like the cement between two bricks on yeah. the outside of our house was gone. And that's yeah. how they were getting in. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how, because that's like a couple meters away from this open space that mom's at. So we know where they entered. We don't know how they came into this open space. But anyway, they put some sort of stuff in, like spray, whatever. Yeah, that's what we're getting. Hole. We're getting exterminators then. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, I don't want to kill wasps. I feel bad killing, like, pollinators, but. I could hear yeah. them in the walls, and that's that's just rude. Um, yeah, I feel really bad about it. Uh, too, first of all, most, rude. First of all, rude. <laughs> yeah, most um, my friend had like a spray that kills them, but like very slowly. So I feel yeah. really bad. Uh. Um, Speaking yeah. of rude, welcome listeners to the Archive Admirers, our twice monthly podcast about all things the Magnus Archives, the hit. Um, sorry, uh, Nigel has posted a little Nas X song in the middle of me in our chat just as I was doing the intro, and it's completely tri- taken me off track. <laughs> you know what? All right, let's go back. Uh, <laughs> This show, if you haven't listened to before, we're here to talk about all things to Magnus Archives, the hit horror podcast by the Rusty Quill. Um, as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Nigel. Hello. Faust. Hello. And the Wasp Queen, Queen of all the Wasps, Elka. All hail. All hail. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And as always, I am Hannah. So if you haven't listened to the show before, what we do here is... We're going to do a brief summary of the statement which we have listened to, which is episode 17. The Bone Turner's Tale, not the Boner Turner's, like I said mm-hmm. last week. Um, 
Once we do tonight, just a little summary. We're gonna have a kind of non-spoiler chat about what we thought of the episode, what we think it's you know it means for Magnus. Talk all the kind of horror aspects of it. Then I get shoved into the void where I go look at F1 memes while these three goobers have their little spoiler chat about how the story fits in with all you know the rest of Magnus Archives. Then we come back, do prediction corner, do uncanny valley, and then we do a little wrap up at the end. Um, that everything before we get started with your the intro, Nigel. Am I missing anything yeah. too important? Uh, no. Wonderful. Um, I'm gonna take a sip of coffee and burn my tongue when you get ready to do the summary. Okay. So should I go now? Oh yeah. Oh Ow. yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the little starter pistol at the start of a race. <laughs> I wish uh, it wasn't right. that hot, but I've already committed to the bit, so I have to say, ow. Fair enough. Alright, <laughs> so this is episode 17, The Bone Turner's Tale, which is statement of Sebastian Adekoya regarding a new acquisition at Chiswick Library. I just want to say, first of all, how fun it is to say Chiswick. I think that's fun. Anyway, so this statement begins with basically that tum- or that um, like shower thoughts post being like, wow, books are us just staring at dead trees and hallucinating for a while. And it's like, yeah, same, bro, same. Um, you know, he's like, uh, this this Sebastian, he's like, oh, I love books, you know? And they're, they, the information in them lives on forever. And, you know, like, we're very, very fragile as humans. We're like horses, uh, almost. You know, anything and everything can fuck us up. But books, books is forever, yo. And uh, so, it, you know, he's like, wow all the thoughts that Shakespeare has, they're still here, and Shakespeare lived, like, forever ago, you know? And he he wants to disabuse us of this notion of, like, you know, cramped old libraries where he works in the Chiswick Public Library is, you know, it's very open, it's very airy. Um, yeah, and he got into reading at a young age, so he always wanted to work in a library, which also the same. Um, so it was like three years before uh, three years before uh, the statement and he's putting in these books which have been returned for the like in the returns stuff and there's one which he's never seen before and the sticker at the back and the ISBN um, book code on them say that it's train spotting by Irvin Welsh but it's actually not it, you know quite obviously not it's um you know this quite thick black paperback and it's got oh, just white text on it that says the bone turner's tail and that's it and so he talks to the head librarian and they're like you know what the hell is this and they're like well you know it must be a mistake or uh, something like that you know obviously like it's got um a library um whatever you call that um taking out page the people who have taken the book out and it's been taken out a couple times and most recently it was taken out by michael crew and he had dropped them in with a bunch of other books uh, that were also in the return tray. So they're like, oh, maybe he's, uh, you know, like a self-published author um, trying to just sneak his way into the stuff. And they're like, yeah, that must be it. But also, like, this is Chiswick, you know? This is not, like, a major library, so it's a bit odd. But anyway, um, suddenly... has got it going on. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's funds. Yeah, I don't know a single thing about Chiswick. It could be, like... You know, it could be pretty awesome. Like, with a name like Chiswick. Um, <laughs> I think 
I don't know. There's some comedian I'm pretty sure is from Chiswick. Um, Listener, if you're from Chiswick, email us uh, later when we send you tell you the email. Anyway, I'll stop. Please continue, Nigel. No, no, no. We would let's, This is now Chiswick admirers. <laughs> Chiswick admirers. Chiswick admirers. Yeah. So then suddenly enter Jared Hopworth, pursued by a bear, and Jared Hopworth is was an old friend of Sebastian's, and you know they were childhood friends and. Jared, despite the fact that he was not yet 19, uh, did not know how to read. He He's described him as there being like thick as thieves, but then also that Jared was thick as mud, which is, you know, quite rude and also quite Irish. Um, and so then when Sebastian went off to uh, university, Jared took this as uh, like a betrayal and was like, I'm going to become a stereotypical school bully, you know? So he's he's like at a, a you know, he starts to tell the story and then suddenly smash cut we're out of the statement elias is there hannah loves elias hannah has no idea about elias hannah hates elias who knows uh and so elias is here to complain that the previous voice from episode 13 naomi hearn has lodged a complaint because jonathan was too sassy and jonathan <laughs> said well i could just as easily lodge a complaint about her and elias mm-hmm. says well look just don't don't antagonize anyone who's connected to the Lucas family because they give us money. And of course, as we've established, the most important threat is governmental uh, underfunding. So they need that sweet, sweet coin. And John says, fine, I'll be more lovely. Um, And then Elias goes, okay, right. And then they leave. And so Jonathan goes back to the statement. And Jared is there, uh, like, you know, he's seen him all around the town you know, quite often, and then Jared shows up at the uh, library, and after Ruth, who is the head librarian, who doesn't know anything about their their feud, goes back into her office. He takes the time to, you know, do stereotypical bully behavior, push over the cart, and be like, "Oh, oops!" And then when he goes to when Sebastian bends down to pick up the books, he looks up, and Jared is holding the Bone Turner's tail like he was about to hit him with it, but now he's enraptured with this book he's looking at it and then he runs off saying oh he was looking for something new to read and then again he makes the comment about how jared did not seem the literate type uh yeah and so then there's you know he says all of these events kind of happen around the same time in in his remembrance so they're a bit jumbled up in the order but apparently when he was walking home on his road because he's living on the same street as Jared because they were basically neighbors as kids. He's moved back into his parents' house and Jared never left his childhood home. And uh, he sees this rat and the rat is crawling along and it looks as if it's been hit by a car, but there's no blood and the rat doesn't seem to be in any pain. But the entire back half of the rat is flat. Uh, Dislike, hmm? dislike. Yeah. It's and its neck is at a slightly funny angle, but it's just you know keep on pushing, just keeps on dragging itself down the road. Um, yeah, and so he doesn't see Jared for ages, and he goes, "Hmm, that's a bit odd," you know, because usually he would you know see him. Jared would continue his reign of terror, or whatever. But it's been about a month, and then uh, it's coming up to Halloween uh, as it is now, quite appropriately, and he's putting out some spooky reads for spooky season. Um, onto the shelves at the um, of the library, and Jared's mother shows up, 
uh, and she's wearing like this big 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 coat and her arm is like in a sling kind of like at a funny angle in it and he can't stop looking at it and uh, she like he asks you know is she okay and whatever and she just stares at him and then throws a paper bag at him uh, and then <laughs> or sorry a paper back sorry that yeah so there's a paper back at him which I I'm only now as in looking at the uh, transcript is realizing <laughs> that it is paperback and not paper like she disguised this spooky book like it was a 40 of alcohol or something um but yeah so she throws the, yeah she throws the uh, book back at him and it's like you know stay the hell away from me and starts yelling and all this that apparently he had caused this problem uh, and then spits on the ground and leaves uh, and he's quite appropriately holding a copy of Stephen King's Misery um, and like oh surprise surprise it's the bone turner's tail um, and so he go before he picks it up he gets some tissues because he doesn't want to touch it with his bare hands uh, you know and puts it back in and then he's like okay not dealing with this tonight uh, he puts it in the book returns area and leaves and then it starts raining and he's all of a sudden worrying it's like you know why did I leave that there why did I just leave it entirely unsupervised uh, you know what if uh, what if Ruth the librarian comes in on her own you know should I have gotten rid of it like it could hurt her or something um, and so then he decides uh, he decides that he's going to go to the library at like 2 in the morning uh, and it's still raining and his he gets quite soaked and he gets there and turns on uh, just enough lights to see but not enough to for it to be noticeable outside and the uh, when he gets to the the tray where the returns are uh it's all covered in blood that it's just leaking from it everywhere and uh you know it's like looks like the books are bleeding but of course uh the bone turner's tail is completely dry uh you know again surprise surprise uh, he puts on his gloves and has a look at it and opens it up um and starts to read it uh and it's written in prose uh quite badly in his opinion um you know and it's uh, about this random guy who's watching a bunch of people enter a town and uh he it takes him just a little while to realize that it's apparently meant to be from the canterbury tales uh but you know obviously this isn't one of the main ones this is like an after school special or whatever because it gets dark um so this he only reads part of it um after giving us a lecture about how Chaucer didn't write as many tales as, as he said he would and that kind of thing. Um, but basically, uh, in this this figure who's re referred to as the bonesmith, the bone turner, the turner, uh, approaches the miller and reaches in and uh, quote, and from his rib a flute to play that merry tune of Marrow took. And then he's like, okay, this is, nope. Nope, I don't like this. Uh, Nope, putting it down because that's about 16 pages in and it is a thick book. Thick with three C's. Um, and so he turns to the front of the book and it's like he can see that the library sticker there is stuck over something else. So he gets some scissors, peels it back, and it's like, oh, it came, 
you know, very disappointing. It just from another library in like Scandinavia somewhere because it's like something like the library of Jurgensberg or Jurgenlite or Jurgerlich or something like that. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything at all, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not before. Um, and then he goes to, ter- he goes to like read the book again. Um, and then the window smashes and something which he thinks is Jared uh, is standing in the window, but it's, uh, you know, he's wearing very loose-fitting clothes, and he seems longer than it was. Uh, you know, and his fingers, they seem very, very sharp. All this kind of thing. And he's he wants he wants him to give... he want, Jared wants Sebastian to give him the book. And he's like, no. And defaults the customer service of, no, the library is closed. And he, you know, so he decides... Sebastian is like, no, I gotta punch him. I'm after losing my place there. Yeah, so he decides that he's going to punch him, and uh, he hits him right in the solar plex, but solar plexus. But then his fist starts to sink into his ribs, like like they were a mouth, and they were swallowing his fist, which brings a, an entirely new meaning to the phrase knuckle sandwich. Um, yeah, and so he is just in unbelievable pain. Starts screaming and drops the bone turner's tail, and like a flash, Jared is on it grabs it um, and leaves out the window that he broke Uh, and as he's going Sebastian has forgotten to tell us this little detail but it's like you know I saw I was about to chase after him and then I was like no not my problem because also like he's added some extra limbs Um, yeah and so that Jared just disappears out the window never to be seen again Uh, and the police show up and he just says he says to them something about like being asleep at his desk and waking up when someone broke in and that's it the statement ends a lot of body horror in this statement guys you think <laughs> I like it can, yeah, we just, me too. can we somehow make that noise the title of the episode just <laughs> <laughs> just a few slash mm. <laughs> um like I like this statement. I like the drama of this statement. I don't know if it's like my favorite statement, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had the same thought when I was listening. I was like, this is a great statement, actually. And then I remembered talking in the Q&A about good statements that we like. And like, this didn't make my list at all, I think. Like, I just didn't remember it at all. But it's so fun to listen to. It's really good. Yeah. I I remembered it is... A consistent problem I have with, uh, I have a problem, sorry, I was laughing at my own pretentiousness of that state, set, that sentence I was saying, but something I always, I keep an eye on for the statements, and it's definitely getting better as we do more episodes, is how, like, this is not a person telling, telling a statement of something that happened to them, this is someone doing a writing exercise, and it has that kind of purple prose, this is kind of, mm-hmm. this, at the very start, when it, it does the, like, Man, aren't books great? That's a bit indulgent for me. But when you get into the actual statement, you're like, this sounds like someone lived through this event. Which is, I, I think, always like that in a story. I think the purple prose thing also works out because at the end, he says something like, if anything, I just want to get rid of it and never have to think about it again. So yeah. it makes sense in my mind that the person giving the statement was like, eh, I can be a little flowery, I'm not here to get a follow-up. 
Yeah. Also right. really loves books, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure it kind of matches this personality that he wants to write a nice story how much, about. It. How much do we bet this guy is writing a book in his free time? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say 100%. I would be... Well, he's dead now. <laughs> oh, well, was yeah, writing a book, I guess. Um... Yeah. I really liked him, though. He was doing so well. Like, as far as horror protagonists go, he was doing so well. He wasn't touching it. He wasn't bothering with it. He shouldn't have gone back to the library. Yeah, I mean, the the one um, thing is going back to the library. But even then, he was doing pretty smart about it. He was doing pretty well, yeah. Until he, you know, died. But But that wasn't in the library, though. No, that's true. Whatever it was came and found him later. Oh joy. The the one thing I do appreciate about like his logic for going back to the library, it wasn't just like, Oh what a bad feeling I went back. Like he he does have a shit book yeah. might have found the book and something might have happened. Which is like you know Yeah, like he saw the mother being weird. And it makes sense that he doesn't want his colleague. Because he's said before like, he saw the mother, it was like, oh, I'm glad Ruth isn't here, so she doesn't have to see this fuckery. Mm. So it's it's logical that he's um, empathetic enough to go back to make sure she doesn't get the book. Yeah. Um, a question I have for the scholars in the room. I've never read the Canterbury Tales. I'm holding a copy of it right now. Oh. I've discussed it in English literature. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I Do literally, you... as you were talking about like how pretentious it sounded, I was looking on my floor for my copy of it that I have for college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the question? How? Because that—that's the one thing. Like before we get into kind of discussion of the like the rest of it, I think it'd be. Is there anything in that Canterbury Tales story that he's referring to that like plays into the statement at all, or is it just another? Is it just a weird, like? insight or like a literary device to have because like i don't yeah. know anything about the canterbury tales so I, I actually don't know if many people listening would know what the canterbury tales is so, so. from what i remember the canterbury tales is what like it starts out with someone telling us no it's a it's the the group he mentions with like the priest and the nun and an actor miller there's like 13 people in the group and they're on their way to bath I think. To Canterbury. Oh yeah, to Canterbury, obviously. Uh, And while they're traveling, they each tell a story to each other. So we've got like the main story of them traveling, and then like little stories in between, which are the stories that the travelers share. Um, So I guess the Bone Turner's tale would be like in the first level of story. Yeah. Which is actually, like, the travelers. It's, like, the frame story, if you use, like... A yeah, the framework. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, like it said in it, where it's, like, Chaucer does say, oh, there's, like, a hundred stories, and then, like, just at the end kind of apologizes, being, like, oh, well, but also no one is sure whether it's, like, um you know, self, self-referential or whether this was intended or whether he just was like, I don't want to write anymore or whatever. Um, yeah, so they're going to on a pilgrimage to Canterbury to see the grave of Thomas Beckett. Um, 
But like right. the names here, so I'm reading from the Everyman edition. This is what they have. This is the pilgrims they have here. The knight, uh, so these are the people who tell tales. Uh, the knight, the miller, the reeve, the cook, the man of law, the wife of Bath, the friar, the summoner, the clerk, the merchant, the squire, the franklin, the physician, the pardoner, the shipman, the prioress, the uh, Sir Topas, Melaby, the monk, the nun's priest, the second nun, the canon's yeoman, the mansipal, the parson, and then Chaucer's retraction, which is, oh well, sorry guys. Um, but like some of those sound like they could be really weird tales. Like I haven't read the full thing and we only have to read select ones from college, but like the pardoner and the summoner, you know yeah. what I mean? Does I knew there was something to do with Bath, though. The yeah, lady was from Bath. That's what I was... Her whole story, it's so funny. It's like, I've been married to four people. <laughs> I remember that one. My husband died, and now I'm, like, going to have sex with this younger clerk who I have become attracted to because he was carrying my husband's coffin <laughs> at the funeral, and I, I saw it. his feet, and I said, Oh, boy. And then she says, oh, well, I'm horny because... And then lists her astrology. Um, no. <laughs> She's a Gen um, Zer. Yes. Just just there, would you still have that book? Does the, so the Miller is one of the pilgrims, named pilgrims, that tells the story in Canterbury yes. Tales. Yeah, where are we? Okay. Yep, the Miller's Tale. Here beginneth the Miller his tale. Okay. Um... My first thought then, when it was like the Miller's Tale, not knowing anything about Canterbury, I was like, "Ha, huh, a flute!" But that has nothing to do with uh, what was it? The statement with the um, Sassoon? the war statement. Yeah. Oh yes. That was piper. my first thought. The piper. Um, I'm like, I'm sure that will have no significance, um, and there won't be. I don't know. I feel like if I was a pretentious English student and I was like <laughs> Canterbury Tales, I'm gonna. I was like. Maybe this is just me big braining it and this is totally off, but I bet there's for every single bad entity that's going to turn up in the Magnus Archives is going to be like a vision of some like fucked up version of a pilgrim from the, the Canterbury Tales. That would be such that, a like. That'd be so cool. Like, yeah. That is such a cool idea. Can I steal it? You may. Uh, I was Excellent. thinking that the 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 bone turner stale. Mm-hmm. It talks about someone following the group of pilgrims, right, and observing them. Yeah. Yes. And I was thinking, like, this, first of all, sounds like if a very weird self-insert book. Um, yeah. And then it's like, but it must be from some immortal person, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, like, some... Because it's such an old book. But then on the other hand, it's written in modern English. Yeah. So it's a weird... Like, how does why does the book look so old if it's written in pretty modern English? Who knows? Because, like, even even books from a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago, yeah, they're 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 still noticeably different than books written now. Yeah, like if you read the original, like um, Sherlock Holmes, it's like they are noticeably different. Yeah, or like Moby Dick or stuff like that. Yeah, like maybe it just, maybe it can change its language. If I were an evil book, you know, it can make other books bleed. Well, 
Like, if what I can... if... Yeah, no, hmm? go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, like, one of those things that, like, adjusts to the person holding yeah. it or seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get very far if you were an evil book in only one language, you know? Have to That's change true. it up. Um, Who has background noise? That was me, I apologizing. I'm sitting on my floor today because <laughs> I have a sewing machine set up on my desk. And I want to Are you making another back. dress? No, I'm making shorts this time. Oh, um, cool. And I was like sitting on my legs crossed, and I was like, "This is uncomfortable. I want to lean." So I had to. Uh, mm, apologies. Yeah. I was try. I was trying to that be works. stealthy, and this mic is <laughs> louder than I, I. I did. Um. What was I going to say? Speaking of failing, I'm going to fail this segue. We were kind of talking about there before I sent us into um, Canterbury Tales chat about Sebastian as a protagonist. I really liked just everything he kind of did like it was so yeah you were kind of saying it like it was so logical and even yeah. kind of like the fact he could pick up the book and it had no effect but then when uh jared i think picked it up it mm-hmm. it's a bit weird man <laughs> i think it might have something to do with like their personalities yeah like to sound super cliche and yeah. fantasy thing like Jared already was an asshole mm-hmm. and didn't have anything better to do with his life than bully other people. So it seems logical that the book would go for him and have an effect on his mind, while the main character, whose name I've forgotten, seems to be a pretty decent dude. So it makes sense to me that he's unaffected because the book's like, nah, he's not gonna listen to me anyway. Yeah. That's a pretty good. Yeah. Um, I do also want to say that I laughed a little when Jared slaps him with the book. It was a very, like, comedic... um, Yeah, it was funny. It was was a good, like, fight. I I love fights in books, because sometimes they're just so bad, but I felt like a real proper, like, someone slapped him with a book in the back of the head. And then, like, like, make make him bend over and then slap him in the back of the head with another book is just really funny to me. Yeah. Like, obviously, don't go bullying people. Yeah, if you're a bully, you're a bully. Please don't. Yeah, don't be a bully. Um, but, like, the way he described it was just really funny. What were you saying, Nigel? What do we want to discuss? Do we want to discuss libraries? In what way? I don't know. I have an emotional connection to this, like, this story and character because it's, like, that very much echoes my childhood of being, like, constantly going to the library and stuff. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I went to the library a lot. Yeah, I imagined, I don't know what Chiswick looks like, or what their library looks like, but I definitely imagined the library I went to as a kid. Yeah, yeah mine is also really light and airy, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't go to the library much as a kid. Uh, the one near my house wasn't very good. And I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I also thought, Nigel, that was a, just a fucking brilliant segue into talking about that this is a lightener. Um, <laughs> yeah. I definitely planned that. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Hannah, before, what do you know about lightners right now? So what do I know? So the only lightners I have been exposed to so far. The only lightners I have turns to her (laughs) shelf. (laughs) The bow turner. The only lightners I've been exposed to in so far as this are 
I believe it's Page Turner. Yeah. Of what yeah. I want to say. Yes, Page Turner, which was in the statement is from the winter of 2012. Um, and in that is when we get mentioned, the Lightners get mentioned for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if they mention when. Yeah, okay. I don't know if in that story, it, maybe it does mention at some point in that where it talks about kind of the, the, the history of the Lightners and when the light, like the Great Lightner purging happened. I'm not sure. I'm looking through the statement now, but I can't see anything. But this um, is kind of. Try the postscript. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so I know, like, the Lightners are these, like, collection of books that were held in the library of J- Jorgen Lightner. I yeah. pronounced that completely incorrectly. No, and, I think it was yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember do, do we know at this stage when the Lightner Library was destroyed or not? Or do we know it was no. destroyed? Yeah, sorry, we do. Um, I suppose it'll be this is from episode four. Um, it's the second line of the post statement. It goes, I suppose it'd be too much to hope that we'd finally have dealt with all that remains of his library after the incident in 1994. Oh, I so, thought they had just yeah, said like X number of years ago. No, Never mind. No, it went me. real specific. Yeah. So at this stage, both of these statements have occurred after whatever this incident was in 1994. I'm presuming it was destroyed or something happened, like a load of them, the archive collected a bunch of them, but obviously there is some of these magical books that are remaining. And then I wonder if, like, is Leitner making these books or is Leitner just finding these books is my question. Because the impression I get from this, if it's like looks like a self-published book, is Lightner the one that's making these books? If that makes sense, and is that what the incident is? Is that like Lightner has released these books into the world, or is the incident like Lightner was containing these books and the containment was breached? Um, you probably all know the answer to that question, so it's going to be no. a big, a big silence. I have no idea. No <laughs> idea what you're talking then. about. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just reading the kind of details. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to? I like. First, I have a question for Hannah. If oh, you don't. Yeah, go go. Anything? Go anything else ringing any bells? But that's for the posts. Spoiler talk. Um... That's for predictions. That's for no, predictions. no, no. This is from this is from previous stuff. So I feel like we can do oh. this now. Yeah, I know what I know. I yes. Yes, Nigel. I don't know. You idiots, Bob. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> um. You can just say no, and we can move on. I'm, I'm. But if it's something I should have picked up on, that it's like in another episode, <laughs> yes. I would like to. Know. This is. I feel like she's Yeah, this library. is actually a good question. So, if there's something Hannah should have picked up on, should we tell her? <laughs> or should no. we just not? I think we should ask her. I think we should ask her first. Yeah, yeah. If it happens to come back later, we can go, Hey, Hannah, remember the bone turner and the thing you didn't pick up? Can I have a hint, (laughs) Nigel? Just because, like, I am tired. Um, I've had an an emotional day. (laughs) What sort of hint would you like? What aspect of the story should I be looking at? Is it something to do with the location or is it something to do with. Who returns the book? To oh. the library originally. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Of course you knew that. Fuck you, Helga. Oh, I'm looking. Who returns the book? I thought you meant something more 
Let's cure. No, it's this pretty. This is. I'm looking for this statement. This statement's funny because it's like, it's just a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of it at the start of it. It's talking about books. I can understand if like if you were kind of him hawing about Magnus Archive. This is a criticism I do have of this statement. A lot of the start of it is, aren't books great? Um, I mean, they are. They are. Yeah, I suppose. Like while you're looking for that, I think I like. I'm looking at I it think now. It, it's trying to set up it being like, oh, this is an individual and they're putting their personality into it. Like, it feels almost like a course correction from the past couple ones where it's like, this is overly flowery and doesn't sound like someone uh, wrote this just in the moment. Michael Crew returns the book. Yes. I remember when I listened to this, this statement originally, when I did my little listen of season one before we decided to do the show, and this was years, like a year and a half ago now, so I do not remember anything. I remember being Michael Crew, that sounds familiar, and I googled it, and I got, I like, a fucking 20, like, 20 entry Wikipedia thing, so I went, no, I'm not going to read it. Can you please refresh me who is Michael Crew? Because I know I should know, but I'm, my brain Michael Crew is the childhood friend in episode four who gets struck by lightning. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, that's the perfect that's the perfect response to silence. What the fuck? <laughs> my crew is also one of my favorite characters. I so, forgot he I forgot he showed up in this episode and then so they wait, name dropped it, but I was like, wait, yay. Wait, what? So <laughs> Hannah's having a break. This is why I Hannah is this having is exactly, no, I'm just exactly why I think we should tell her stuff, because it'll be so entertaining. So, wait. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, so let me just... So my crew gets... Moving on. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I, I, think, I think for listeners as well, because it's, it's been, what, six months since we did episode four. So for the listeners as well who are listening to this back, and me, my crew is, in Bone Turner's Tale, the horror of it is the book that um, Dominic Swain reads or finds, his his lightner he finds has the um, Lichtenberg figure on it. And his mm -hmm. friend, Mike yeah. Crew, who was struck by lightning, has the Lichtenberg figure on his back. Yes. yes. How old is Dominic Swain? So, Dominic Swain... Dominic Swain's statement happens in 2012. Yeah. The Chiswick statement happens in... 99. Is, it happens in 99, but the events happen... In ninety six. Yeah. Let me do some quick so that's math. Sixteen years. Yeah. Ninety six to twenty twelve. Yeah, sixteen years, thereabouts. Oh, I typed that in incorrectly. Depending on how years. old Dominic was, that like. Oh, he that... says that in the page turner. He says, "His name was Michael Crew, and we'd been eight years old at the time, playing in a field near my grandmother's house." Yes. So then the question is, when, in which year were they nine years old? Yeah. I remember it saying like 20 years ago. I could be wrong. Oh wait, I'm going through the... This is, this uh... is what the fans are here for. They're here for the... Uh, <laughs> for live action Googling. <laughs> live action Googling. So that would mean, right... Is that the title of the episode? Just live, live action, action yeah. Googling. Yes, yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> so that means when Michael Crew... So I... So... Go on. <laughs> well, it depends how old they are when Michael... So Michael gets hit when they're eight. When does Michael get hit? 
is it in the 90s? Because that would tell me that Michael doesn't... The, the timeline as I understand it now is the incident with the Leitner libraries happens in 94. Mm-hmm. Right? This statement happens in 96. And then Dominic has his statement 12 years or like 16 years later. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't it's... specify when they're no. And no, they I leave think, it uh, with I think enough lead... of this is just they're... we're imagining Dominic Swain yeah. to be younger than he probably is intended to be. We're like but, in our well, head, we're like, he's I'm 30. I'm pretty sure they'd leave it purpose. You know, they're leaving it vague in purpose. You can't yeah. tell if this, if the thing where Michael crew got hit by lightning, if that happens before the library, Jurgen's whatever happens at Jurgen's library or after. It's like on the cutoff point because the statement is given or the Dominic Swain stuff happens in 2012. So if he's like, at minimum, he's 20. At minimum, you know? No, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I mean. It's like. So the the latest, the eight years, it's either in like around 2000 or before that. Well, no, it has to be before that because they're eight years old when he gets hit by lightning. Apologize to people who already know what it is. <laughs> so it's 2012 when it happens. There's 16 years time difference. And Michael Crew yeah. is in the library system. He's not, a, a, they wouldn't let a five-year-old rent train spot him. Yeah. Like that book is about heroin use. You would have to be <laughs> well, a book that appears like it's transpotting, but yeah. But it's like he—I don't know. Maybe it's just me imagining it. The reason he probably got it into the library was he probably took out a copy of Trainspotting and like took the stuff off it and put it into. This oh, did he though? I always imagined that there wasn't that he didn't take anything out. But then that how this did he get just something? Then, yeah, I always thought my crew just. You took a bunch of random books and brought them into the Chiswick library. Well, he took but, out those four books, because he took out four books that were in the library, but then hmm. he handed in five. So he must have yeah. just copied the sticker and, yeah. you know, doctored it and wrote us a bunch of names. Potentially the book gave itself a sticker so it could be put into yeah. a library. I mean, yeah. yes, it's maybe it's a pretty small book. But, yeah. it, but, but okay. anyway, he took a bunch Consider of books Consider this. Out. Let's say... Yeah they were born sometime in the 80s and let's say 1980 i'm working this out in my head as we go let's say they were born 1980 so they're eight when that happens in 1988 yeah Mm -hmm. and then in 1993 they're 13 yeah yeah sometime around that which would make them would you make dominic swain 40 to 50 ish no but they say i don't know or I don't know how that's my crew returns the book and it looks self-published, oh. and then they're or... like, "Oh, maybe my crew wrote it himself and is trying to get it into the library." So he must be old enough to like write a book. Well, they don't know what my crew looks like, or what happens yeah, is no. my crew gets hit. Whatever the incident happens, the lightners are released. My crew gets chosen by the lightners, and that's why he has the Lichtenberg figure on him, and. They, where did again? Where did Dominic Swain say he's from? This is there is not much. I was I was about to say there's not much else to talk about in this episode. So thank you, Nigel, for actually telling me this because this is something that is that is helpful. There um, is one other thing that I would like to uh, ask you. Are, are we done with the maths? Maybe. I was just gonna. My I think there's two possible theories here. 
it's either the incident happened with Joseph Leitner and because of that Dominic or Mike Crew is chosen and he's and how he's chosen is the Lichtenberg thing happens. Or Mike Crew is chosen because of that Leitner finds El Celsiore, gets it. Then the incident happens a few years later, the books get out and then they summon my crew to like redistribute them that's the kind of two ways I can think this could have gone it's either they picked I don't know why I think Mike's gotten picked but it just it just makes sense to me if that makes sense if he's trying to like redistribute the means of production through books um yeah I don't know Mike Nigel what were you gonna ask there I'm gonna channel my uh best Jerry Seinfeld and be like so what's the deal with this Elias Oh, we love Elias. Yeah. To be honest, yet. yeah. Yeah. What, um, what What are your impressions? You've yeah. You've had our second-hand impressions about Elias yeah, for I nearly a year now. We've been recording these. Oh, oh shit! God. I think we've been What's recording our anniversary. I think we've passed. Oh, no. guys. We've passed. Oh, no. Our no. Oh my god! I think well, we started in October. Yeah, I think sometime. It's this month. Let we, me re- check. we recorded, we I think, up. episode three or four on Halloween. No, were we? Oh. Oh. I'm gonna or see maybe when we two. Made... Maybe two. I'm going to see when we made the channel. Oh, guys, <laughs> no, we're like way past our anniversary. We started Wait, the channel really? on the 10th, of all... the 10th of August. Holy shit. Yeah, oh, but we, shit. Did... we didn't start recording for a while, I think. Anyway. Did we should oh. focus on this episode. Yeah. We can yeah, do it. So... We can do it. Yeah, we're all busy. We should... <laughs> um... what, what do you think about Elias based off of this? Because you've had our yeah. perceptions of Elias for <laughs> insert relevant number of time. Um, so far, Elias just strikes me as a kind of annoying boss who obviously puts the monetary needs of the archive before his archivists but at the same time and I know he's I know we love him Jonathan Sims is kind of John's a dick so like I can fully understand like he might be very good at his job but I can fully understand um, Elias's point of view where it's like you can't insult people you can't insult our patients you can't yeah, you can't do that. Especially, so especially because she's part of the Lucas family, who is their sponsor. Like, this isn't yeah. just a random person who dropped in. Oh, and yes. That's, 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 that's another, another connection. Yeah, that's another interesting detail of, like, the Lucas's fund the institute, and maybe that's why she got to do an in-person statement rather than a written one, because she spoke to the manager. I don't know. <laughs> She's Karen. She's Karen, yeah. <laughs> I, it's been an, an ongoing joke in our server when um, we've talked about Elias and we've been talking about that um, I'm kind of like, Elias should be hot. But now that I've met Elias, I'm like, no, Elias isn't hot. And I've got an idea for someone who should, someone whose vibe should be Elias when we do the Uncanny mm-hmm. Valley. And I'm going to get so much shit. No, we're going to do that after the spoilers. It's a, right. that's a, that's a boat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quick question. Um, what political party do you think Elias would belong to? Oh, no. 
The worst one. Bear in mind, this at, is the UK. Oh. See, at, see, at the moment, he hasn't done anything. He's probably a Lib Dem. Oh, I like this take. Everyone usually says Tory. Yeah, no. Because he works in a museum. So, like, or whatever the archive is. Um, before we get into political alignment charts. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't know who you have in mind for him because I've so consistently had one person as fancast for Elias the entire time I've been listening. We'll do that in the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Before we go to the spoilers, I want to make an honorable mention of our dear Martin. <laughs> oh, yes, Martin <laughs> Bully Count. Martin Bully Count. We have to. It's on 17 of we're adding this to the Martin Bully count, and we're adding Sebastian to Magnus protagonists who have brain cells. The he, poor man is off sick. And no, and he still like... can't catch a break. <laughs> Why is off sick? And John's like, thanks, Puck. Mm. Dude, <laughs> some empathy would be nice. John really is just like the worst boss. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, he's, yeah he's mean. Cool. But also, just like. He's fine to Tim and Sasha. It's yeah. just Martin. Just Martin. Like. No. What's the opposite of favoritism? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I do not know. Um, Alright. Um, just for the fans who are interested, I just got to check. The um, drive was first updated when we recorded episode 0 on the 15th of October 2020. This is probably our anniversary episode. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, you you told me about yeah you go that day yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay, that's crazy. Congratulations on one year together. One year together. And we're only on episode seventy. <laughs> well, it's um, it's not even a year since we first released as well, so it's like oh god. <laughs> um. To sum up, just before we go to spoiler zone, um. I think we all like this statement. Yes. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this fucking my mental breakdown live on air about <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a tone for a lot of the the next few episodes where we get into more of the like things coming together because the first few it's like we're just t- discussing the like horror aspects of this and now it's like fucking Pepe Sylvia boards all over the shop so um yes. yeah okay enough with Pepe Sylvia Go to Spoiler Zone. I'll see you guys back in 15 minutes for Uncanny Valley and predictions. Yeah, keep the, keep the time in mind, please. Of course. Well, I'm not the one who controls it, it's y'all. <laughs> Fair. Who's okay, gonna shine? Add to one hour, two minutes, 40 seconds if you wish to avoid series spoilers. Shall I mute Hannah? Oh, she's already done it. She's gone. Bye, Hannah. Okay, spoilers. So we've got Jared, obviously, who returns. Yes, I like God. Jared. I like Jared. He's such a big hero, but he's also so funny. And I love it because the next episode he's in is the gym bro guy. Right? Yeah, I don't know if he's in, in something in between, but I definitely remember the gym one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good episode too. And oh, I, I think... I think there's one earlier as well where he is in a butcher shop because yeah, he's, fe- I, I, he's feeding stuff to the floor. 
I thought that was later, but that's also one, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Garrett. I, I think he's mostly funny because Tumblr has made a couple of jokes like, oh yeah, Jared Hopwood trans icon because you can go to him for like gender surgery. Want to get rid of your boobs? Go to Jared. I mean, he might also take some of your bones and stuff, but hey. I mean, sure. Whatever. So we've got Jared. We've got Mike, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Lightners. Lightners everywhere. Lightners everywhere. So funny to see Hannah ask these questions, and then there's like one where she's completely correct. Yep. But we can't. Yeah, because like last session or the one before that, she was like, Oh yeah, there's these entities. Mm -hmm. I guess you are, you are correct, Hannah. Yeah, she's pretty much like bang on with um, people, yeah. like how people become avatars, you know. Yeah, not chosen, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've also got the Lucas family connection. Mm. Yeah. And this is also when Martin starts getting sick. Yeah, yes. yeah, Because yeah. this, this is, is when, this is the start his... of the... Yep, this, this is when he's stuck in his apartment promotion. because of yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is oh, when it um, As well, to answer your thing, uh, Jared Hopworth, I'm looking at the um, looking at the wiki, and Jared Hopworth appears in the Butcher's Window, number forty nine, before yeah. the Jimbro one. Oh, okay. See, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yes. I mean, yeah, I like. Other spoilers. Um, I mean, that's four really. major things, actually. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of discussed an awful lot of them um, with that because they tie into stuff that's happened before. Yeah, and that Hannah already knows about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of the stuff is like, oh, Jared and Mike are going to come back, right? Like, there's not really an awful lot of takeaways from this because it's kind of an introductory episode. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Shortest spoiler talk ever. Yeah. I'm thinking if this, there's anything else. This I mean, is like Mike's the second shortest one after episode zero, because episode zero had no spoiler talk. Yeah. But like, Mike's yeah. involvement here is so funny, though, because if I'm remembering things right, this is probably still this the stage where he isn't yet a vast avatar, but he's trying out different entities, right? Because he oh, goes yes. through a couple of entities before he settles on the vast, and is like, "Yes, this is this is good for me." Maybe that's why he has a book that's associated with the yeah. flag. Yeah, yeah, he I did. A, he tried it. He didn't like it. And he, he returned it. So he's like, gonna mind. inflict this. <laughs> yeah, no, just like, uh, not Nigel. Mike's like, "I'm gonna inflict this horror on somebody else." Good luck. Although to be uh, fair, that he... is what I'm like when I write. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how they do the the body horror because it isn't always the easiest thing to do in like oh, yeah. written words. It's easier when you can just show it, you know. If it's in a movie, then this arm is completely wrong and it's horrifying. But I like the That's way very they. Well described. Yeah, and I like the way Jared evolves like over the the statements. I know I don't know the way they describe what he looks like. Yeah. I like that. I like that the um, thing he had the whole meeting with Jared, and then at the very end, it's like, "Holy shit, he has more limbs than he should have." 
Like you didn't why notice this, it why, before, yes. bro? Why was that not the very first thing you mentioned? I mean, like, sure, he was wearing a coat, I think. But I'd yeah. hope you notice extra limbs, like... Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> like, that's really good for making horror work, where you, like, set up this thing and you make it, like, freaky and then you go, oh, and another thing, you know, like, yeah. yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, like, there's know. this and this and this. Also, it's this fucked up thing. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, this makes me think of the not-them and the way they're introduced, where it's like, um, oh, what's her name, um, from episode three? The one who, who who's watching Graham the entire time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever her I name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, the name is escaping my mind, but she's the you know where she's like she sees the not them and, and she's like I don't even know how many limbs it had you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had multiple. Um, I don't know cool. where that. There's probably not an intentional connection, but just the way it's described is very not them, and I suppose you could mm-hmm. get into like a big discussion of like you know, othering and monstering and how those are perceived in horror, but, like, this is not the time and we do not have the time. Yep. That'd be a fun bonus episode, though, just talking yeah, about how monsters work in, in Magnus. That would be nice. Okay, so is that the end of our... Yeah? Drive-by spoiler chat? Unless yes. y'all have something else? I'm thinking, mm. but no, I'm just looking at the post statement again as well to see if there's anything. I love the post statement. I love how John goes. I was ready to ignore literally all of it until you mentioned Jürgen Leitner, and now I believe yeah. every single detail. Now I believe everything. Like, for least... John, maybe some nuance. No, but see, this is the thing. I only <laughs> caught this on the re-listen, where it's like, he's ready to believe because of a guest for Mr. Spider. He's had a light, oh. like, the reason that the yeah, web that's is controlling him is because oh, of the light. Yeah, and I was, you know, like, when I heard this the first time, I was like, oh, haha, funny, you know, and it's, like, meant to draw our attention to, we've seen a lightner in episode four, but then when you get to, I don't remember what number, I guess, for Mr. Spider is, but it's, like, 80-something, I think, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's because he has his own trauma, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good catch, Nigel. I didn't realize. Yeah. And like, okay. you know, we get to the end of the season, he's like, I'm choosing not to because I'm scared of how I feel when I go into this, like, fugu state when I'm reading. But it's like, you know, he knows lightners are real and they do real things. Yeah. Yeah. Anything anyway. else? I don't think so. I don't think so. None of us, any of us, has any other major revelations. Uh, no. I've let Hannah know she should come back. Mm, Alright, return to us, Hannah. Have another mental breakdown. Surprisingly <laughs> quick. Stop worrying. Um, no, we discussed a lot with you already. Okay. That worries me. That means I'm close. Um... Or just extremely wrong, and the spoiler chat was just like, nah. <laughs> just like, ha 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 ha. Just, yeah, just yeah. troll song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just laughing at Hannah for 15 minutes. <laughs> my, the way I make predictions in this podcast is how I, is like a lot of things I do, where I basically just have all these ideas and I just say them all because <laughs> if I get one of them right, that 
and I get to feel very accomplished. Where if I have one idea and it's a good idea, it might be wrong, but I have a lot of bad ideas, then um, you know, one of them will be right. I'll get one of them. Mm. <laughs> That's like the story about Thomas Edison with the light bulb or whatever, where he spent all these times and it's like, well, what did you learn from these 20,000 attempts before the correct one? And he's like, well, I learned 20,000 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> or to steal the idea. You know, fuck yeah, Thomas, Thomas Edison. Edison. Yeah, fuck this Thomas is a Thomas Edison, Edison hate podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of hatred, my predictions. Yes. Um, I Are you just like... saying speaking of insert thing and moving on now? Because some of these don't feel like real sound. <laughs> I was going to say that now, Joe. Yes. No, that's all I've ever done, if you've listened back. <laughs> that's, all, that's, all, that's all you have to do for a segue. You, you did the Q&A. You've learned this skill. <laughs> speaking of learning this skill, what are your predictions? There you go. See? <laughs> um... I think the predictions are pretty simple for this one. I think the Lightners are going to come back um, in no. some shape or form. Michael Cruz going to come back. If I've realized now, if they give someone of their full name in this, it's a it's a sign that they're a recurring character, um, unless they're like a statement giver. Um, Elias is gonna Elias is gonna do something bad at some stage in the show. The fact you guys hate him so much, and I never and... said we hate him. I love Elias. I think he's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> really throwing Hannah for a loop with this one. <laughs> Day. Um, <laughs> the fact that you are as... Okay, you don't hate Elias, but the, the impression I get from you guys is that Elias is going to do some stuff later on that is not is not going to meet the expectation of his character as we've met him so far. Like, he's going to do something that, he, like, is, like, not the same as just, like, Johnny Sims, slightly annoying boss, you know? Like, he's gonna, he's just going to, he's going to do some shenanigans, because... It sounds like you're making a horoscope. Yeah. <laughs> In your future is something you didn't expect from this person. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to Google, I'm going to Google it now and see if I can find his star sign. No. Yeah. Well, it's it's just kind of like I think there's such a fan reaction to yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That he has to do, he has to he be. He does something. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, his birthday is not listed on the wiki. Well, it's like it's it's one of those like he has to do something. Like I know you guys don't hate Elias, but before I blocked everything for Magnus from my life, there was a lot of fan ire about Elias. So I'm like, he must do something yeah. bad to a fan favorite character at some stage. What I what that is, I have no idea. Um, Anna, may I tell you a fun fact about Elias? Just, is he a Capricorn? <laughs> no, I can't find his birthday. Capricorn. Um, I'm going to say he's a Capricorn, though. I like this headcanon. Um, that no. means he's the same star sign as me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What, like, what, do Cap what are Capricorns known for? Um, being workaholics, being bossy, and always being correct even when they're wrong. Yeah, that sounds about right. Typical yeah. Capricorn personality traits. Ambitious, read, workaholic. Uh, persistent, realistic, sensitive, practical, disciplined, money, DIY, and gardening. <laughs> yes, no, so the fun fact about Elias... Out. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, perfect. The fun fact about Elias is that the guy who voices him, Ben Meredith, based his voice 
for Elias off of Jonathan Sims' voice for the Archivist. <laughs> yeah. I must so, say, I, I, I really do like um, the performance of Elias so far. I know it was a very short scene, but it's like, mm. it's it's a fun boss voice. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Elias has a very nice voice to listen to. Yeah. Peter, what? I would uh, like another divorce. What is... How is the voice of the... <laughs> What's the voice of your fan cast for Elias like Faust? Oh, I don't have a voice. I have a guy that I imagine he looks like. Well, I presume yeah. he has a voice. Yeah. That's true. I don't know what he sounds like. I... Okay, okay, what else? This is just me it... attempting to segue going, speaking of voices, yes. and I tried I and I fucking failed. <laughs> I don't damn. know how to pronounce this guy's name. I'm going to try. It's written as Sandil Ramamurthy. This and I know the... him. I'm gonna put him in the Uncanny Valley. He is the doctor from uh, Heroes, I believe. Yeah, I know him from Heroes because he does some shady shit. I he think. Does some shady. I don't remember what he does. I, only I think know... Elias does some shady shit. I only know that he was in Heroes and that I saw the show as a... when I was younger. That's all I know. But yeah, that's oh, the guy I, I imagine. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I want to know who I Hannah is picked out I have complete fucking cracked fan cast just because um, it's been Formula One day today in the Hannah household. That's why. And it's I, Sebastian I kind of... Vettel. <laughs> Sebastian has such a fucking bad day, guys. Oh, he's such a bad day. But no, there mm. is. Hi everyone. Uh, that was that's what you just witnessed. There was a a weird um, change. The For universe reason... did not want the end of that cursed, cursed episode. Yeah. Um. So f- what happened was. Our recording software crashed just at the end of the episode there. We thought we had it fixed. We finished off the episode. Um, and then when we went to save it, we realized it was recording, but it didn't save the recording. Anyway, really sorry. Um, Bouses have to run because they have something they need to do. So um, all you missed was that I think we settled on that for Sebastian. We were going to cast, um, I believe, was it Caleb from... Yes. Yeah, we threw out... Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things, and then also Nkuti Gawa from Sex Education. Not yeah. Sebastian Vettel, the Formula One driver. Um, you've also missed out Hannah's just sad, emotional rant about Sebastian Vettel. Um, I'm happy yeah. for Valtteri, though, guys. Who? Um, I don't know any of these people. I'm going to limit... Okay, I'm giving myself 90 seconds. <laughs> Every time you say Seb... I know you mean Sebastian Vettel, but my brain goes to Sebastien, my French teacher from sixth year, who force-fed me blue cheese. So, my, my, like, I've realized this in this episode introduction, so I've already picked out the two names I'm going to call my kids. Because um, oh, they're, like, boy. based off... Yeah. I have, like, three names lined up. So, I'm, I'm, if I have a daughter, I'm going to call her Lyra. And then if I have a... a um, oh. Yeah, if I have a son, I was going to call him Nathaniel or Sebastian. After, like two of my favorite book characters, but now I'm like, if I ever call a child Sebastian, everyone's just gonna think it's because of Sebastian Vettel, which is not. It's for Sebastian from Bright Side Revisited, which is another thing. But um, basically, the the team that is dominating at the moment is Mercedes, which is Lewis Hamilton's team, and he has a teammate who's called Valtteri Bottas from Finland, and Valtteri is the most depressed man in Formula One. Because basically his entire life is like, I'm in the best team in the world, but I am never going to 
win a world championship because the only reason I'm here is that I'm good enough to get to second place and stop people Man. from overtaking my teammate and to give him first position if we ever want to. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And basically this year he's been fired from the team because they have like Lewis Hamilton is old. He's like 35, which I know it's not old in the realms of like the real world, but it's old for like a sports person. Um, so he's probably going to retire in the next few years. And um, so they brought in this like a new driver called George Russell is replacing Valtteri next year. Um, so Valtteri's been fired, but he's going to a new team. Um, so it's fine. But this was like his last chance probably ever to win a race and he's fine and he was allowed with it through driver error and whatever and just him having a very good drive. So I'm, I'm a happy bean, but I'm also a sad bean because my, my main man just fucked up real bad. Um, clink. How are we all doing, friends? Be all good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll stop being emotional about Formula One. I have started dri watching Drive to Survive again, though, which is a problem. Mm. Anyways, um, I lived, that was only in two minutes. I'm proud of myself. Um, for those of you who want to keep up with my uh, declining mental health as the Formula One season continues, you can go find me over on Twitter at Curly Comside, where you can find all of us over on Twitter besides Elka. Um, yes, I'm not there. Yes. Yeah, we, um, we can all be found at Curly Comside. Please. Um, Nigel, you were saying in the, the now the lost archives that um, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that you you've gone semi-viral about was it um Zaki tickets? Yes, Mitski. <laughs> Mitski tickets. I was I was trying to get them and then I was put in the queue and then didn't get them and I was took to Twitter to uh, you know vent my outrage and then apparently no one got them. And then I put out a meme being like, wow, can't believe Mitski wrote a song about everyone who got tickets to see her in Dublin. And it was just a screen grab of the Mitski song, Nobody. Um, that's very Amazing. good. Yes, but as, uh, as I was saying, basically every single one of my tweets that has gotten over a thousand likes has been to do with Ireland in some way. I think it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But all of my tweets about the fact that I ate four different types of cereal at once yesterday. Only get one like. <laughs> um, Faust has disappeared. But you can find them on Twitter at Oath, at of, Oath of Jocks, where yeah. they have been tweeting about Hades. We're saying this because this is literally what they said um, yeah. before they had to go. Uh -huh. uh, recently, they have beaten the last boss of Hades. Uh, no spoilers, but they bet it at night time. And now they're going back to Romance Hypnos because you can do that on the PlayStation 4. Or just on PlayStation. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find the show on all our socials at um, Archive Admirers on Twitter, Tumblr, um, email at archiveadmirers at gmail.com, which is a weird Email us if you're from Chiswick, if you go to nice <laughs> libraries. Yeah. Um, what else? E email us a photo of your library, guys. Um, yeah, gotta... I'd be really interested to see that. Um, we apologize for the slightly cursed outro and just general this show. Um, we thank you so much for listening to it. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm not going to get emotional on camera because I'm a big tough boy. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> a jock. <laughs> I'm a jock. I was talking. 
was it you I had the realization that I'm a jock nerd too? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry for my existence. I try. I try so hard and I got so far, but in the end, it didn't really matter. Um. <clears throat> Just gonna, we're, just, we're just gonna leave you in silence with that one. <laughs> Think yep. I'm what you've done. <laughs> oh, the other introduction was so much better. <laughs> See you in two weeks' time. We hope you've cool. enjoyed episode 17 of Boner Tales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh... next week we'll be discussing the man upstairs. Hey, Hannah, I have a question for you. Meat. Um. Yeah. Do you do you like meat? Only man meat. Well, you okay. won't after this one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. No one's gonna get that joke but the three of us because they didn't hear the last outro. Yeah, the last one had so much more context around it, and it's just like, yeah, man meat. Okay, uh, bye. We're recording this so much earlier than we normally do as well. Normally, the like insanity is because it's nighttime and we sundowned. No. But this, the like, only no. other time, the only other time we've recorded this early, we recorded earlier than this because we had all had things on, and it was also like thirty fucking degrees in Europe for some reason. The other time we've now we recorded... established, <laughs> yeah, the madness is just us. The Madness Archives. That that's our time. That's our time. Madness Archives. Oh. oh hell yeah! I just got a new follower on Twitter because of my F one bullshit. Woo. Yeah. That's me from a second account. Woo. Woo hoo All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Stay safe. Make sure you hydrate and sanitize. Sanitize your hands. Sanitize your hands. Fuck. <laughs>